we could possibly reach a point where all major tournaments are essentially either run by the Saudis or China. Or, by the way, throw in corporate America as well. What is most important is when you find yourself as an org or a freelancer or whatever it is that you are, it's about what comes out of your mouth and if that even remotely matches your actions. The problem is, if I can't trust what you say, then what are you worth to me? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. We have some very sexy esports things to talk about today because we've got some some roster things in the in the League of Legends scene, which is always very exciting. Obviously, with the regular season and the playoffs coming to an end, now it's just worlds left. It means a lot of teams have missed the boat, and those that have some big names coming in that have. Uh, they're not particularly happy with their rosters and they might just be changing them, but we'll get into that all a bit later. My name is Foxshop. I'm joined, of course, by the equally lovely and grumpy Thorin and Rich. And as is tradition on our show here on Side Select today, I have to ask you the most important part uh, of, of today being the food-related question. I want to know, and this is something that might actually maybe uh, alienate the non-British viewers a little bit here, just a tad. But I'm going to ask it anyway because it is very important. I want to know what is both your favorite and, in your opinion, the most overrated biscuit. Now, I ask you this question because here I am currently with my cup of tea in my Batman mug and my rich tea biscuits. Oh. Now, I'm a big fan of rich tea biscuits. However, it's a bit controversial when i say that i don't even necessarily dunk them in my tea i just like rich tea biscuits i think they're yummy that's my answer for the question of nicest biscuit and overrated it's going to be digestives i like digestives don't get me wrong but some people think they're hot shit and i'm just like not really they're average they're average at best so what is the best biscuit and for any of you non-british viewers here when i say biscuit i'm not talking about like a cookie or something like there are some odd definitions of biscuits and over the pond America, they're like you can get a biscuit with your KFC, and it's like a scone or or something like, like a that. savory scone or something. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like nah. It's one. Of, it's one of these. I'm holding it up to the camera. If you're listening to this on your favorite, no audio listening thing, and then you're not going to be able to see this. But this is a little biscuit. Okay, I'll break it in half. I can't lie. I would love to see an American come in and naively order biscuits <laughs> and gravy and get exactly what he ordered. No, just go on, enjoy. There you go. Uh... Dip it in. Go on, you little cunt. Sacrilege. <laughs> so what is your favorite and most overrated biscuit? I'll start with you, Rich. The, th the thing is, rich I would say it's kind of impossible for a digestive to be either overrated or underrated. Because I feel like their brand almost is like that they're the average like standard, isn't it? biscuit, British biscuit, Fair. right? So yeah, I, and that's kind of how I feel about them. I actually do also love rich tea biscuits. When I was a student, I would always go to the Tesco Express on the corner and get rich tea biscuits because they were so fucking cheap. You'd get like a tube yay long and they were like, I don't know, 50p or something like that. And they're absolutely banging. Also, fun fact, I don't like or drink tea ever. So your boy, whenever no. he has rich tea biscuits, they are also without said beverage. Um, my first question actually on this before I answer is, do you class Jaffa Cakes as a biscuit? In theory... Because if you they're not, so? I don't know what they are. No, like, in theory, they should be one, probably. I mean, yeah, you know. probably that. So I'm going to take some liberties anyway, so I'm going to allow that. Yeah, I think... Okay. I, don't, I love 
I love Jaffa cakes, which is also weird because I don't actually like chocolate orange. Like if I had like a bar of chocolate orange, I wouldn't eat it. Like I'd pick whatever, you know, something more conventional or less orangey, let's say. But for whatever reason, that combination of the Jaffery goodness and the, the chocolate and the sponge, <laughs> I don't know. I love Jaffa cakes. So I'll say, I'll say Jaffa, Jaffa cakes. They're probably my number one biscuit. Okay. Most overrated? Oh, uh, <sighs> I don't know. Uh, the thing is, I like most biscuits. Like, I like Bourbons, but actually, you know what? I'll say Bourbons the most overrated because Bourbons, I quite like them, but they're also kind of average and whatever. And when, okay, this is what objective proof that they're overrated. When I was in primary school, right, during break time, you would get like, I don't know, juice or whatever. I think it was squash, actually, because I had to feed like a trillion kids. So yeah, it was probably squash, like trade, orange squash, yeah. whatever. And then you could pick... <laughs> either a bourbon or a custard cream right custard and cream, people would always sprint to the front and be like oh there won't be any bourbons left and i'd sit back you know arms crossed like fucking easy rider being like look at all these fucking morons going for the bourbons don't they realize that custard cream's where it's at so yeah i'll just purely based on that i'll say bourbons are overrated and custard creams are absolute bangers so custard yeah. creams are banging what about you then sorry it's it's the thing. Overrated. This is why I was going to allow the Jaffa cake, because technically, when we say biscuit, I agree, American cookies are off base. You can't be going that far. But there is one within this mix, which is sort of like a biscuit, so I count it as one. Mary if you Land. ever know, they're from Scotland. It's the Tonics Wafer. Ah. Yeah, it's the Wafer thing. I'm a mad fan. They're really delicious. Those. They're really yeah, good. Yeah. They're not too chocolatey. <laughs> it's really good. If I wasn't going to get that, then the default one I would go with is good, which obviously the jokes about themselves is the ginger nut, isn't it? <laughs> ginger nut's pretty good. If you like to taste of ginger, it's pretty good. And here's the thing. Not just because Rich said it, but it's a happy coincidence. I do despise the taste of the... I think custard in general is fucking trash. So I hate custard creams, mate. That really is like a bourbon's just degraded itself. <laughs> Wow, I'm you know if here's here's the thing though, and this is getting slightly off topic, but this is the whole point. Um, if you count a tonic bar as a biscuit, where do you draw the line between tonic bar and Kit Kat? Yeah, Kit Kat could be one too if you want. I think it's I still got biscuit inside though, isn't it? It does have wafery bits inside, but you know? it's not a biscuit. That's got that's that's got to count as a chocolate bar, surely a, a Kit Kat. But my question is. So what about Maryland cookies, right? Because first of all, because this is multifaceted, right? First of all, Maryland, so American connotations already, they have got cookie uh -huh. in the title. But I think 90% of British people they're would say like they're biscuit, biscuits, yeah. right? So are they cookies? The size, the shape. They fit, here's the thing. I think they're a bit. I think they're a biscuit appealing to plebs who like American shit. It's not really even like a proper American cookie, no, is it? More, I don't. I think it's more like actually, a biscuit. I think they're actually not even American. <coughs> that's just a, Wait, the are they called them. Maryland biscuits? I've seen the Maryland. No, cookies. Maryland cookies. Definitely Maryland cookies. That's that's a cookie. Come on. I mean, I can I can see it enough. Like also it's, the most generic flavor of like chocolate chip in it as well. Yeah, it's exactly what you'd imagine a robot like. In the Star Trek Next Generation, if you said the chocolate chip biscuit, that's what would come out in it. Yeah, it's yeah, one of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. If Obviously, that's like what I'd bar. be using the fucking machine for. That, like, the <laughs> yeah. either. Um, you got any wafers and iron brew? The old <laughs> recipe. <laughs> like, oh, thought, yeah, no, thought, it's the 23rd century. You know, you don't need that anymore. But nah, <laughs> ring it up. <laughs> I know what I like. You know what's also a banger? I can't remember the name of the brand. They're they're like cinnamon snaps. They're almost like gingerbread snaps, but they're they're yeah. called cinnamon snaps. But I can't. The packaging is cinnamon. like uh, 
it's like Swiss or Austrian or something. I can't remember what they're called, but they're so fucking good. They're these super thin, yeah, cinnamon snaps, and those are absolute bangers. But I, I can't remember what they're called. If anyone See, knows, it's and, simple uh, pleasures cookies, cinnamon snaps. No, that, no, or? they're like really thin, and I think they're in the shape of something weird. They're in the shape of like reindeer or some shit. I can't oh. remember. No idea. No, I I don't know what that is. Well, that's quite. I like it already. We've we've got some discerning opinions on the custard cream. So that that means it's down to to our lovely viewers, you guys. What do you think? Is it custard creams? Are they are they here to stay or are they here to go? But wait, I have a question yeah, for Thorin right. actually. So if Thorin is a sort of doesn't like custard, that's like just never a good thing. Then what do you have when you have, for example, either like apple pie or crumble or something like that? Like, what do you have with that? You? But here's the thing: I, 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 there's people who will just have custard on its own. Mate. I would never oh, eat that in okay. a million years. You know what I mean? Like, I'd have that, but that, in that scenario, it's just offsetting how dry the fucking crumble would be. Otherwise, wouldn't it? By the way, if you're American, you're all like, "Haha, American!" Like apple pie. A crumble shits on an apple pie. You fool! It's about a thousand <laughs> times better. And if you've never had one before. There you go. That's your fucking life in a nutshell, innit? Keep eating those pies, you twat. And again, not not a sponsored segment, but if you ever find no, no. yourself in uh, <laughs> find yourself in the UK, go to that. fucking Marks and Spencers. Get a apple if you can't be bothered to like look up a recipe, make one yourselves. Get an apple crumble from Marks and Spencers and get their fucking vanilla Madagascan custard to go with it. Oh, that is wow. I'll say this it. show would have the most unique sponsorship opportunities of any sports show. Why just logically because we're just fucking picking up all these biscuit <laughs> brands and shit right. like wait a minute like the joke is they have to awkwardly insert that in lec we're just doing it as the opener like that's true. i thought i thought that was a punchline i'm not gonna lie that's why no, i said no. that I, you paused i was like no no it's all good <laughs> wait it was trying to feed you the line i found I them it. they're just called cinnamon snaps would you believe yeah. and they're just shaped like little clouds basically but yeah if you see those as well absolute bangers s tier okay some nice recommendations. Um, before we get on to the esports things, we're going to stick a teeny weeny bit off topic here. Uh, and I, it, br it brings me nothing but pure joy to announce that the next episode of Side Select will, in fact, be an off topic Side Select special. So make sure you guys leave suggestions in the comments of things that you want to talk about, topics that we should cover. Uh, just As a joke, we should just repeatedly in the episode do tangents about really hardcore esports strategic yeah. stuff. That would be <laughs> the joke, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just to just to draw it out for them, like I'm waiting to get the off-topic stuff. Like, <laughs> no, nah, ten minutes of this first, mate. The draft analysis. <laughs> Brilliant. Try try and make your suggestions nothing too highness and things that we wouldn't want to talk. Make about. it funny. Come on. Yeah, yes. No, no politics or religion, but also as well, I would say, obviously, your boy will be coming up with a few suggestions because I have to legislate for the fact that yours might be shit. So <laughs> if you if you're surprised to find that yours isn't in there, you'll know why it's because you have no yeah. imagination and you're a boring fuck. They are rich storing viewers, so we have to keep our expectations low. Let's go for our first topic of the day here. We were mentioning how Worlds is just around the corner for League of Legends, and there are some teams that didn't make it that perhaps either should or were expecting to. One of those teams, if not the, the biggest team, I would say, our biggest name there would be Team Liquid. Now, they didn't make it. They're done so. They're not going to Worlds. And the Liquid CEO, Steve, came out and said that... Uh, you know, it, it it wasn't good and they're going to shake things up. They're going to shake things up. Like the whole super team thing just wasn't it. You know, obviously they, they in the offseason picked up Whippo. They picked up Bjergsen. They picked up Hans Summer. Uh, and alongside Santorin and Core, JJ, who are already there, you know, expectations were exceptionally high. 
probably too high to be honest but still probably should have made worlds uh, and the budget as well was also high not just those expectations and uh, they fell flat so they're going to look to change things up again they've been throwing out some names of, of players they might be looking at and and to be honest i don't even recognize those names so that's a good indication of the direction they might be going in either way here it uh, looks like some changes are on the horizon for team liquid and i want to get your opinions on what you think uh, you would try and do if you were in Steve's shoes here for, for Team Liquid moving into uh, 2023. So, Rich, hit me up first. What do you think? So, I would say that regardless of all the stuff that Steve said on his video, which maybe we take with a pinch of salt, maybe we don't, like, we'll wait to see on that. But the first move they make, I kind of agree with, without knowing the details, obviously, maybe some really good people got sacrificed. But booting the whole coaching staff, to me, just again standing back looks like the correct thing to do because no matter how you spin it this team this group even if it was poorly constructed as we've alluded to on previous shows it's still a joke how badly they performed and a certain amount of that has to go on the coaching staff like if i give you enough good pieces even if it is sort of you know uh round holes uh wooden pegs you know different fitting shit that you wouldn't ideally ever want to put together and synergize you're still responsible for getting at least a minimum level of performance out of those pieces so that i think was kind of to me expected um and again now we come to what steve said and to how he's kind of framing it which is he's kind of implying that they're going more budget right the the names that uh, they've been linked with the idea that they're going away from the quote-unquote super team or whatever but my question is like how I don't really know what the parameters are that they're working with, but let's just say that I have full scope to do whatever I want, which usually, to be honest, that's like Steve's default position, even if it won't be this offseason. So the first thing I would personally change uh, is actually jungle, even though people will come out and say, oh my God, but Centaurin was their best player in playoff. That, that doesn't mean anything, does it, mate? That's like, you know, saying you're fucking... I won't even give an analogy. I was about to give a very inappropriate analogy for... Uh, yeah, your mother versus <clears throat> being the best looking person. Uh, whatever. Anyway, the point is that I would change jungle. Now, obviously, Santorin's an NA resident, which is where most of his value is. So he's like a sellable piece or a movable piece for sure. Like I'm, he'll be on an, uh, an uh, LCS team no matter what I would think. The obvious move that people were always linking here was Speaker coming in. And I do actually think that still makes sense. I think Speaker is a good player who for NA has a very high skill ceiling. It's a move I'd kind of like to see. But again, if they're truly super budget, then even the idea of getting rid of Santorin, if you can't sell him, has a cost attached. This is something fans always miss. Like, you can't just get rid of players who still have years left on their contract. It's not like a freebie where you say, sorry, goodbye, pack your things up. Like... At a minimum, for, with Californian law, if that guy is terminated, which is why the speaker thing being terminated was so weird, you have to pay this guy severance. So he's expensive to get rid of. I would estimate probably around 50 grand dollars to get just get rid of this guy based on whatever his monthly salary is. And then you get the freebie, which is speaker, who, as I just said, is a free agent. So that one to me is like kind of an obvious move, which I would think almost certainly would be an upgrade. Now we get to the fucking hot mess that is Bjergsen. And the problem with this is that I'm pretty sure 
that TL will stick with Bjergsen. The reason I tweeted what I tweeted and phrased it how I tweeted it was because I'm actually very sure that Bjergsen will still be their next split. That's not even based on any like insider info or anything like that. I just think the way he phrased things and the moves we are already aware of or have been murmured about, which have been reported publicly, suggests that, guess what? You haven't seen Bjergsen's name anywhere, have you? You haven't seen maybe Bjergsen returns to TSF, maybe Bjergsen goes to... No, no, no. It's about everyone else and their fucking granddad, right? So Bjergsen, I'm pretty sure, is going to be there, which for me is problematic. How do you fix that? That's... Uh, that's that's a difficult one because you missed the Jensen boat, didn't you? So that's maybe even one of the reasons why he's sticking there. I'll move to the next position, which I think is easy to deal with, which is Hans Sammer. We'll talk about this a bit later in more detail, but Hans Sammer presumably is leaving. It's been rumoured his contract's been terminated, so he is presumably just out the door. And this is where I think it's kind of easy, not in terms of like the specific person, but I think you go import here, right? Like we already know certain slots can be filled with residents. Jungle, for example, whether you keep Santorin or not, that's going to be resident because even if it's speaker or something, he's still going to be NA. Bjergsen, if you do, for fuck's sake, keep this guy. Obviously, he's an NA resident. Core JJ is someone I wouldn't touch. Yes, he had a bad year, but... I mean, it's his first bad year, right? So I would I would trust that this guy can still be an important piece going forward. And all the talk, by the way, was that him and Hans just didn't get on at all. Oh, no, sorry, him and Bjergsen, that was it. Him and Bjergsen, apparently, their philosophy, how they saw the game, just didn't mesh at all. So I'm keeping him, and I'm, spoiler alert, that means I'm getting rid of Bjergsen in my perfect world. But with AD carry, you go import here. Either someone like, if you do have a big budget and you do want to be what you say you could be in the past, then... Viper, right, is a free agent. That was one apparently G2 passed on. Not sure how true that reality was, but he'll be a free agent in November. Even someone like Jackie Love, who's obviously, you know, people will meme and say, ha, he giveth and he taketh. Spoiler alert, compared to every other NAAD character, Berk not named Berserker, like he is so much fucking better than any of these cunts. So Jackie Love could is the kind of guy who could just solo win you the league, by the way, even if he does do his fucking LPL explosions every now and then. So I'd go for one of those. Obviously, the next tier down from that is someone like a Neon, right? Who is also a, a free agent. So that can fit into your philosophy of we want to go cheaper, but, you know, we, we don't want to do the super team thing, but obviously we still want a good player. Well, Neon ticks all those boxes, right? Basically zero brand. Loads of people still massively underrate him. He will be a free agent and he's coming from EU. So you're not going to have to pay like crazy numbers to pay, have him getting more money than he was getting this year, right? So I think that would be an easy one that would... Uh, potentially fit into what those guys are trying to do and also again we'll talk about this next topic there are so many fucking ad carries in europe that it's not a given that all these cunts are going to end up with teams by the way like you might have to go to north america if you're some of these people so those are the easy boxes to tick i guess bwipo and you know I, I guess this guy just stays in top lane by default so i've got bwipo in top lane uh, probably very difficult contract to shift as well by the way you have to keep that in mind it's not always just a case of oh we'll get rid of this person like sometimes you do need more than one dot to connect so you can actually do these things logistically so bwipo stays i guess um i go speaker and jungle i'm going for a bot lane of preferably viper right but more realistically someone like a neon um or even like one of the tier two lpl uh, ad carries because by the way for, for people who don't watch lpl that it's kind of like I don't want to say mini EU because that would be, you know, that would be underselling it in terms of an ability standpoint. It's they have a plethora of fucking insane AD carries as well. Even someone like Hope, I don't know what the status of that guy's contract is, but he'd be fucking fire. And he's not even one of the more talked about ones when it comes to his own team, obviously, and also the league. So obviously Chinese AD carry, if I could, presuming, you know, you have the facilities to 
help him communicate or whatever. If not a neon, um, I wouldn't do reckless. It goes against everything that they've said. And also when you're already having clashing issues with other players on the team and, and from a philosophy perspective, it, it just doesn't make sense at this point. And he'd be super fucking expensive. Um, and then mid lane, that is really difficult. And the, the short answer is, I don't know, but I would say I'll try and get someone from Europe, I guess, like try and get one of the good European mid laners. Um, but again, I'm not really sure. I think uh, I'd have to look at the contract database and kind of theory craft that one. But I, I especially because in my version, I'm keeping core. I can't really justify keeping Bjergsen in that sense. Like core is a legitimately world-class player on his day. Bjergsen is not. Core and support is like a fucking broken position. I know that mid is also one of the most, if not the most influential positions on the map, but I've got a better player in the second most influential position on the map, arguably. So yeah, he's gone. I, I'm just not sure. I, I guess I, I go import and whatever, whoever I get, they're going to cost half the price of Bjergsen. So that's what I would do. There's been rumors that Core might be leaving as well because of his clashes with Bjergsen and Bjergsen potentially staying how mental is that that that's the yeah. conclusion <laughs> to that first of all I, I obviously i assume cause on like pretty big money i would guess but it won't be what bjergsen's on i'm almost certain that it won't be what bjergsen's on and secondly what are we doing think how bad the support pool is in the west in general like how many whack support players there are in the top leagues that's he's fucking gold dust mate like having a mm -hmm. good support player is gold dust. Having a good mid lane is not gold dust. There's a million of them. VTO, by the way, is another person, obviously, who's who's a, a, a free agent coming into this offseason. Like, nah. You know what? The thing is, with those, all those players, all the rookies that people are talking about or the players that are available or whatever, your VTOs, your Neons, even someone like Irrelevant, who's obviously in the same category now because Misfits left the league. So he'll be, do you know who no one's talking about? Mercer. You know why? Because he's just not very good, is he? Because support pool sucks. So the idea that you're desperately clinging on to this washed mid laner when there's a million good mid laners like your VTOs who are also free agents versus fucking the, the support player, the world-class support player who you're going to toss aside, that to me is mental, like absolutely mental. But whatever not my team not my problem <laughs> no but it's fun to kind of build this team i think it will start to core in my humble opinion as well but we'll see if that actually works out or not because he's not under any if whatever is correct then he's he's his contract's up so he, it's up to him where he wants to go like it's not necessarily team liquid's decision at that point what about you throwing what would you do with team liquid in this offseason the key thing there, because even though Rich said, and it goes against what they say, that's relevant. You're Steve in this scenario. It doesn't matter yeah, what he said. True. You can go, by the way, spoiler, Steve can go back on what he said. But And, and as you alluded to, may well, the season hasn't even begun yet. Like, I imagine, by the way, that he, if you don't realise how cynical any owners are, to even just say, I might even flex into promoting my academy, but like, that's just like saying, you know what, fuck it, EG gets credit for bollocks when they just win with imports. I'll just pretend I'm going to promote mine. By the way, you don't have to do it. There's no legal obligation at the end of the split you go of course i'm not fucking promoting my academy bot lane you moron i'm getting in these imports you get to just double up and double dip on all the shit and all remember it only contact us on fucking talk shows so no no <laughs> real downside to that you just get a free you may as well also just go like hey maybe i'll just sign your favorite player fan so you want to say that at the end too so if we're going if i'm steve <laughs> i actually think the entire approach he has taken shows how utterly fucked in their head the people who are the LCS owners are. Because the joke is, 
the only thing that made Team Liquid the dominant force in LCS was outspending the fuck out of everyone with an owner who already had the best, keyword, the best track record of getting his man. The difference is the others do this. I tried in the offseason to get X, Y, and Z, but here's why I'm playing Golden Glue. They, this guy goes, I tried to get Faker, Rookie, Chovy, and in the end, I guess I could only get you fucking Jensen. Like, that's fucking fire. Like, this guy knows marketing, mate. So what I can't believe is his conclusion at the end of this, a la Misfits coming into season 10, was... Oh, it's bloody super teams don't work. It's not me. It was never me in the way I put the team together and picking the wrong players and picking players who maybe even weren't the super part of the equation, who didn't fit together. It's that that super teams just don't work. That is the dumbest conclusion ever. And again, here's how you know they fucked up massively, but I'm not admitting it. Because the idea, most of the lineup is not redeemable and you have to throw the whole thing in the trash. Well, then it wasn't the super team, was it? Because if by your logic it's the super element that fucked it up, you'd replace the ADC. You'd replace the top laner. You'd make some formula out of what you currently have that makes it actually work as a lineup. Because the idea you can't redeem any of these players is so stupid. So if I'm making this team, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to take some real-world considerations into account because it would just be bad business not to. So number one... This is absurd that part of the reason it is also implied that Yoon and Ayla or Elia are coming up and being promoted, the bot lane, it's implying CoreJJ is leaving. Combine that with the interview or whatever it is, where like Travis had an interview where it was like CoreJJ and Bjergsen don't see things the same way or whatever. The implication is it had to be him or me and it's going to be CoreJJ leaves. Now, the reason why that is absurd is because both players are in the same position. Both players are overqualified to play their position because they're NA residents. CoreJJ just got his green card, I think, last year or something or coming into this year. Like the idea you sit around letting a player like that who has been racking up MVPs from support Get his green card, and then you go, you know what? Someone else can have him now. You're dumber than dog shit, homie. What were you doing all these years? That would be like if, if at the end of the fucking Shawshank Redemption, spoiler, Andy Dufresne just told like one of the guys who was abusing him, you take the tunnel, actually. I'm going to stay here. Yeah. Why the fuck would you do that? You just dug it all. You just spent all those fucking years setting it up. So I think it's beyond stupid because he had a chance, just like when Reggie had Bjergsen in his prime, he had a chance to run the fucking table by having the best player in the LCS be an NA resident, and then he can get imports as well that's why it's op so i would start with core jj i would then say to core jj what is the issue with the ad carry what type of ad carry do you need now i have to say from watching it i think i know why the fucking tactical thing worked i think i know why you can't really in terms of raw play and dominance make the case double lift's better than bjergsen and lcs because spoiler as soon as double lift got with core jj and unlike when double lift was obviously the dominant force in the bot lane he just immediately started like basically you can tell core jj just sort of told him like just farm up in lane you're gonna be like reckless sometimes just farm up in lane i'm gonna roam i'm gonna get shit off in my rooms we're gonna win the game me and x with you gonna combine they're not gonna be able to do anything against us that's why we can go late game anytime we want no one can stop us wait basically you guys farm up and when we win so the idea that like you're going to go like Hans Sammer. That was one of the worst moves of all time in that respect. Like, yeah, you, you had essentially the variants on opposite sides of the map and you have no one to cover them. So I would say to Core JJ, can it just not be a lane dominant ADC? If it isn't, are you ready? Because I'm already going to jettison everything everyone said so far. I am signing Reckless. 
And here's why. Because the thing I've said Reckless his whole career is he is the best tertiary carry the West has ever seen because he's overqualified. For, you don't understand. All the ones who normally do that role are Jan and they are fucking flackered. They don't have a choice. That's the way their bread is buttered. They have to play like that or they will never be on the number one team because they can't be the carry. You saw when you put all the carry trappers on flackered. He can't do it. It's not, it's not going to 1v9 the game. If you get Reckless, spoiler, this is how Hillasang became a legend. This is why Yellow Star's a legend because when you have Reckless, you can safe farm in lane, potentially 1v2, get all the CS still, because he's way more skilled than the others, then if you, your support can do whatever in God's name he wants, wreck the whole map, help the mid laner, even if the mid laner is overrated, and then obviously, later in the game, you get to a team fight with a farmed up Reckless, who hasn't been attacked, he's just going to carry, he's going to carry the game, but the point is, if you make Reckless like the forgiven of your team, yeah, it's going to be a waste of time, like you've seen that, it has limited success, it doesn't work that much, so I would get Reckless, that in my opinion, it, it allows Cordia J to be unlocked. It allows Reckless to basically, I think, play a brilliant role for where he's in his career. And crucially, it lets me keep these other players. Now, here's the thing. I am violating everything everyone said, like I said. I'm tossing all the interviews out. So I have to say, right now, I'd have to keep Bjergsen. Not only is he an NA resident, there's even a chance... First of all, he wasn't even the worst mid laner. And then secondly, there's a chance he actually gets better in X-Split if he really cares. If he really takes it to heart what happened this year and he's motivated and seeing his rival wins... Look, by the way, if he doesn't get good in X-Split, he's just a pussy. Like, his main rival's just fucking donked on him, made him look stupid as fuck with one split and not a super team. You have to come back if you're Bjergsen. Because, by the way, that whole narrative I've slowly been building, where Jensen isn't better than you or is an LCS player... But that's going to be on the table soon as well, by the way. I've got the international one. I took care of that ages ago. The overall career, I could make the case for it. The LCS one's coming next, Tommy. You let him get to four, five, six championships. Oh, it's going to get dangerous, mate. Because then people are going to start doing to you what they did to Froggen. They're going to go, who gives a fuck about 2014 championships? I care about now. And then we're going to do that thing of double lift. Like, remember the reason the double lift narrative got built that he was the LCS goat is because at one point there was a stat that was like in nine of the last 11 splits, he's the champion and he didn't play one or two. Like, what? That, I'm sorry, that line just that line sells in a debate, mate. That's a banger right there. So this is what I would do. I would say to Bjergsen, just stay, mate. Look, the Kodja J guy is going to be roaming now, so it doesn't matter that you're just going to be the mid laner. You're just the mid laner. That's it. You're not the shot caller. You're not any of those things. You're just the mid laner because I'm sick of your fucking shot caller. I think it's the worst part of your game. And as far as I can tell, you just fucking destroy all your supports and jungles with your shitty shot calling. And because for whatever reason, you've just got that element of Reginald in your fucking DNA. That, that's just the real thing that no one acknowledges in it. So then at that point, I've only got top side of the map. I'm with you. I'd be bringing in speaker. It's the obvious one, not least because I actually think if you look when him played with Bjergsen last, he might even be the fucking Chad that can say no to Bjergsen. He might actually be the guy who has the relationship where he can just do what he wants. So then I would keep Whippo. That's right. I'm keeping Whippo. Because one, I've already seen him play with Reckless. He's banging. It works really great if Reckless is the weak side. And then secondly... They always should have played through this guy in top side. Like, he'll, he he will shit on NA. With this team, he will shit on NA, mate. There's no, there aren't the weak spots. So, I would make a lot. So, essentially, I'd make another super team. Because that's what I don't get. That's like saying, right, Man City lost the Premier League. Well, no more super teams. Are you a fucking moron? Real Madrid, oh, Ronaldo's gone. No more super teams. Mate, that's the fastest way back to the top. It's the ultimate cheat. You can sign the guys that do just get the pentakill, score all the game, win every lane. Like, why would you give that advantage up? The point is, do it better. Like, as you said, the key thing is bringing the coaching staff. Like, when you bring in Papa Smithy, by the way, miss me with that shit where people are going to be like, well, that Papa Smithy did work on it. But yeah, he worked on a budget. He didn't want to. He just had to do miracles out. So this one for this one. I have to keep this guy slightly whack. I hope he gets better. He didn't. Right, wait for the green cards. He had to do all that fucking chess moves. Give him an actual unlimited budget and let this let someone who actually knows League of Legends build a team, Steve. Let him have a crack with the fucking millions of dollars. 
And if you can't, obviously, I would have said, by the way, bring Jensen back, but spoiler, Jack's smart enough to put an extra year on that contract. And now he's won. Guess what, dickhead? Just like Jack does every time, two ways it can go. Either I keep him and he's really good, or you pay over the odds for him. Your choice. I keep doing those deals all day long, by the way, because, spoiler, you know when a C9 fan goes, you moron, you spent six million. No, what he did was farm the LCS with morons like contracts, Zazo, Spence Fair, and sold all those players way above their price, and then later turned that into a perks. Is this guy like some fucking god of like crafting inside the game or something? He took like four pebbles, a piece of string, and turned it into a fucking like Game Boy or something. This guy's fucking insane. So, Steve, look, you've just been out gamed on that one, mate. So, I would stick with the pieces you've got. I would shore it up elsewhere and I would go for another super team, mate. Because I think actually there's very few teams in the entire West can really do it. I even think, by the way, part of why G2 did go for the Flackhead movies. You don't, you can't, this is what Cloud9's taught you as well. You can do years where you go all in for the super team, but unless you're Team Liquid, you can't do it every year. Everyone else has to go like, I'm all in this year, next year's just what, win LEC, get good, and then you plan for your next super team, one year, two years down the line. Team Liquid can do it every year if they want. So if, if I'm them, I would be ramming that. Not least because, as I said on Twitter, one of the things I would love is if I'm a Team Liquid fan, I'm really disappointed with this season. But I'm not disappointed with my owner because I feel like my owner, every time we fail, goes and gets the next best players. He gets all the players the other teams want, dude. He gets the players like Cloud9 Wish they signed and TSM couldn't get and that evil genius is like, we were in negotiations, but it fell through because I offered more money. Like that, That's an owner I'd want. So I would just go with like a super team again. And yes, I would do a reckless one, but I'd do reckless when it makes sense. I just realised, by the way, that my team doesn't actually work because it's three imports, I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, yeah, who did you have? Oh, because you did a mid... That's why yeah, I had to stick with Bjergsen because of the yeah. mid-angle. If I keep Whipple and I have Reckless, I can't have the other yeah, one. Yeah, because I, th I was thinking, because like, the thing I can't really yeah, legislate for is like, even if I get really good coaching staff, because he has such a history of working with different people, different coaches or whatever, it's like, do I really think this will be the year where Bjergsen doesn't fuck over his support in jungle? Like, no, not really. I can't really trust that. But then I was like, wait a minute. Actually, I'm not allowed to change mid realistically because either I have to... I mean, ideally... And actually, let me just have a... Also, very... wait, am I missing something? Because this is one thing I don't get. Mate, it's so obvious when you have a forgiven or a dad or a fucking self mate. It's so obvious someone should sit down with this lad and have a little chat oh, and maybe yeah. smack his little body. Why is that never have to happen to someone like Bjergsen? Why can't you just sit him down and go homie? I didn't bring you here to be decent. I brought you here for millions of dollars to win me LCS and then we're going to the final of Worlds. I want a banner in those rafters. So if that means you have to like check your ego and just play a middle and do it. Like is that is that too much to ask? Because but... remember we're always being told there was even a story from September the 5th where it was like when Inspired was about to go into the into the interview room after beating uh, Team Liquid, Bjergsen could have said nothing, but he was oh, like, God. "Good game, man." And they make it sound like those stories of Jesus in the Bible, where like a woman reached <laughs> out and like touched <laughs> his leg, and he and like the power went out for him, and he brought like from the grace. He was like, "I I bless you, my child." Mate, they make this guy sound like he walks on water. Meanwhile, he clearly has flaws that were never addressed because his whole thing was what they said there. As long as he wasn't the worst player, he never had to address a flaw, as far as I could tell. And he is a self-motivated person that's true he's got a great work ethic but that doesn't mean you go right at your weaknesses sometimes you you build up your strengths to never address your weaknesses that was like some absolute peak it's wild wasn't it farming from you would think that was fake or something wouldn't you yeah oh Dagon, you're right you, you, would think, you would think they paid him to write that it looked like the most straight so fire like cringe lay up fucking pr of all time did it but uh, actually I've, I've changed my team i just double checked to, to make sure it's possible here's what you do okay Come on. i'm still booting bjergsen I'm getting someday top lane. He's he's a free agent and he's a res mm. NA resident. So I'm getting someday top lane. If Papa Smithy goes, he might join anywhere. Someday top lane, speaker jungle, 
fuck it, Vithio mid lane, and then we've got a bot lane of and yeah, Neon. Well, at, at, well I'm going to say Viper. After all, <laughs> oh, this is Viper, my okay. Utopia, isn't it? This is yeah, my Utopia, and Viper's a free agent. So, oh, by the way, here's what that. I think will be funny as fuck. Because here's the other part Steve doesn't understand if he lets Core JJ go. Mate, when he goes to an LPL team or an LCK team and he's at Worlds, you are going to look so fucking stupid. It's unbelievable. You will actually look like one. You are the guy who traded Michael Jordan. Like, you're that guy at that point in time. Like, <laughs> you don't ever want to be that guy, by the way. You, those are the players you do run into the ground. Like, as soon as Core JJ actually can't play the game anymore, then he can go. Until then, like, no way. He's staying on my team. Think about all he's done, mate. I think that's mentally yeah. let him go. Because again, he's going to go score to a better reach. The joke will be he'll beat you at Worlds next year. See ya. <laughs> But here, by the way, two two very quick things. One, when you were talking about like, oh, why is it that, you know, Bjergsen gets the golden hand treatment? Yeah, true. But what I would also say, again, just based on observable things, like, for example, the Breaking Point documentary and stuff like this, they don't know how to manage these people properly anyway. Like, even the conversations where, like, them having a go at Dardoch is, like, so fucking tame, it's unreal. And what's really sad, I always find, with people like Dardoch and with Forgiven and these kind of people, is that it will ultimately be like a final nail in the coffin, like clause execution or something, which will just end up like severing the relationship or whatever. It will just be like, please, can you behave? Okay, you're kicked. There's the, no one ever actually gets the real tough love in North America, like at all. It's always just like, you know, even that scene when people are like, oh, and it was so sad because Steve was uh, talking to him so nicely and respectfully and he got a little bit tough when he needed... Bitch, please. Like, I get the cameras there. Steve doesn't want to say anything he's going to regret. In Maybe he did have conversations behind the scenes. But in terms of all the observable things I've seen, just in terms of like, I've got emails from NA teams, by the way, saying like, your player better. It's so fucking babyish. It's ridiculous. Like, everyone wants to be friends with everyone in NA. No one wants to have to do the hard, difficult shit. And no one ever, as far as I can see, sits someone down and say, look, you're getting paid a shitload of money. You're going to do exactly what I fucking tell you you should do because that's what it says in the contract. It says you're going to be a team player. It says you're going to respect your coaches and do what we tell you to do. This is your fucking job. Not Lokodoko sitting there being like, oh, but Peter, can you just talk to him and maybe you can have a tea party? Like, fuck off, man. It's so ridiculous. The other thing I don't get as well is why the North American teams, especially when they're talking about like having a budget and what we're moving away from super team, why are you letting people like Speaker and Hans Sammer, why are these orgs terminating these players' contracts? Like, what are you doing? Like, where is actual the fit? Where is the fiscal responsibility? You, you put a video out saying... Oh, uh, you being Steve, obviously saying, oh, um, well, we had to really sell them on the idea of building this like generational team this year. And, you know, I had to convince the board and blah, 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 blah. So you're talking about a commitment of money, which they needed to be convinced on. And then you let Han Sammer go for free. Hello, this guy's contract doesn't expire this year, doesn't expire next year. It expires in 2024. Yet we're hearing his contract's been terminated. Like, sure, you took a bit of a hit on the two-month severance or whatever. What are you doing? Is this on the basis? And by the way, this comes back to the first point I made of like, oh, yeah, but... Hans is a great guy. and I'm just guessing here, by the way. This is all pure conjecture. But you probably said to him, please come and join us. Please come and join us. If you don't like it, I promise you can go back to Europe. That's probably what happened. And loads of people in the industry or veterans or whatever like, that's great. That's how it should be. Like ultimate player power. In reality, it's so that's stupid. Cancer. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you just wasted other people's millions. Yeah, you're wasting money. You're, you have no responsibility, real responsibility to, towards people who are paying your fucking salary. You are doing a bad job. 
there is no fucking way that after one bad season, Han Sammer should be a free agent. That is bullshit. He signed a three-year contract. It, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when people get mad, justifiably, at people like Tom Brady, when they're like, oh, uh, what's the fuck's this? This guy should be signing a max deal of like 50 million a year. He signed for 17 million because his wife makes 400 million. How is that fair? You're fucking over the next guy who's up for a contract and doesn't have the billionaire wife who's like, what the fuck, man? This is literally one of the best players in the league and he's taking half the money he should be taking. Great for him. It's all right for him. But now what about me? Like, I'm not getting my, my just desserts, right? So now a precedence has been set where European players are allowed to just waltz back to Europe. And this is not the first time this has happened, by the way. Happens every fucking year. Oh, perks. And by the way, I'm not blaming the players at all. They have no blame in this whatsoever. This is all on the orgs. It's like, oh, perks, you want to go back? Oh, how far you want to go back? I'm aware there are buyouts, but it's like, it just seems so fucking easy. And if push comes to shove, we'll just release you anyway. I have no reason to believe that Steve wouldn't have just released perks if he'd really begged and begged. and like, please, dude, like I came, we got, I got you a title. You know, I was huge for the brand, blah, blah, blah. I went to Wells, whatever. Please just let me leave. I reckon Steve would have said yes. If vitality didn't exist, if there wasn't that super team in terms of budget in EU who are willing to pay what they paid, he'd have just been released for free because that's exactly what they did with hands and it's a fucking joke. Why is TSM releasing speaker as well? Oh, you've given us years of service, blah, blah, blah. We want to look good. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Sell the cunt. Why not? Like, I, I, I'm i I'm baffled. Like, you, you could not you would not catch me dead doing that if I ran a team. I'm not doing my job. Like, I'm not doing... All I'm doing is building up this idea that I'm a nice guy in the eyes of the esports plebs. Like, it's a fucking joke. Like, just... Oh, just fuck it. Like, just let... All the people are saying, why don't you just let Ronaldo go for free? He's not playing for you. You're saying that he's a dressing room, uh, dressing room dis distraction. Like, you owe it to him to let him go for free. And in that case, by the way, that is a, a situation where a guy became a legend at your club and brought huge brand value. And they're still not letting him go for free because that would be fucking stupid. Why would you let Ronaldo go for free? He's still one of the best players in the world. I don't give a fuck. And they don't give a fuck if he's not playing for them. You don't get to have him for free. Like, what is this? Like, these if you haven't noticed, people have fairly loose opinions about what should be done with other people's money, Rich. Like, all you do there, if you're Man United, is go, right, Ronaldo goes for free, all tickets cost twice as much next season. And then we're like, what? Like, yeah, that, oh, that, well, the money had to be paid somewhere. So logically, I moved it around. You guys paid. You guys paid. You wanted it. Yeah, there you go. I'll give you what you wanted. And the thing is, he right, he played the other day, right? It scored a goal, shot horror, would you believe? And it's like the, the whole time he's there, even if he's not participating in that much, he might only be training two days a week. I don't know. He's only playing like a third of the time. I don't know. But he's still getting sh accumulating shirt sales, fan interest, branding, stimulating conversations which gets viewership and everything like he still is a valuable asset even when he's not yeah, fucking obviously. playing you don't just let people like that go for free hans had a down split he might you know you just don't let people like this go for free and no i'm not directly comparing hans Sam to ronaldo but the principle is the same whenever i hear of, of things like this like contracts being terminated i i don't i don't have the same uh, insight as someone like you would rich who's actually you know run a team and and has way more inside info i just think it's like surely there's something going on there like Hans summer doesn't want to be there anymore and team liquid's like well we can't really force him. i mean they could force him to stay but like at the end of the day does that really benefit them as well i just think if he's, if he's... doesn't even make sense Smith, because the, like rich says here's the weird part about that 
that does actually imply what Rich suggested, that what happened was Hans Sama maybe even was so smart, he was like, look, I've just seen what actually happens to some players that go from Europe and then they have a really bad split and it tanks the whole credibility and you can't get back in. Could be Xerxes, could be a, could mention any once, right? And basically what it implies, because here's the thing, Foxtrot, they could always just structure a contract so it's a one-year deal, three-year deal with a one-year trade clause. You can ask to be traded. But the implication is Hans Sama's so scared that no one will pay anything if he goes in his shit in NA, which by the way, spoiler, he wasn't right about, but I can see why you would feel that way after the way this year went. So, because, so the logic is, he really must have said, like, I, I give you my word, I'll let you go back. Yeah. And so then really, in a fucked up sense, you have to terminate then to make sure, because then the logic would be, this is this is the counter to Richard's saying, if you've stupidly made it a personal thing that you're going to do as an integrity, by the way, you could always just say, I'll try to. And make it like, look, business is business, mate. I am going to pay you millions of dollars, so I'll try to. But obviously within reason, within the business. But if you would promised it like a person like that, then the logic will be Hans Sammer has to be available now, even before off-season, so he has as much chance as possible to go to as many teams as possible. And they could all, in theory, by the way, you're even, by the way, giving an insane competitive advantage to your opponents. Because, for example, if you are like Vitality, you can just go pick him up for free now. Yeah. And he's available now before Worlds even begins. You can, by the way, allow someone like G2 to go do shit at Worlds and have no chance to get Hansala back. In this scenario, he's just going to be there instead. So I think the maddest part is that, yeah, you've actually you've actually sort of wounded this company in the future because you've yeah. done this silly ego move. And by the way, what's that got to do with a super team? If we're building a super team, I'm not giving any caveats. When I build my super team, I'm going to actually show motherfuckers what the bottom line is and go, see all those zeros? Yeah. That's what I'm paying to win Worlds. And you know what? When we lose... We're all going to be shit. I'm going to be like that WE coach in that video. I'm going to come in the room and go, I fucked up. I signed you, 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 you. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Next year, it's a new team. Fuck it. Maybe I don't even decide the players anymore. Here comes Papa Smith. He's my GM. I take it on the chin because I think it's also pussy as an org. It's like, ah, oh, you can get out. It's like, do you think T1 ever offered anyone that fucking deal, you idiot? So this is what, this is, by the way, this happens all the time. Like negotiating for players. Like a team will come back and they'll say like, uh, these are the three points of contention. We'll give you the first two, but not this one. And the first one might be, by the way, we agree to your 100% increase on salary, right? And then I go to the player and look, good news. And he goes, oh, but they didn't change point three. They just added a zero to your salary. Who gives a fuck about point three? But I really wanted put shut the fuck up. Like, but this is the thing. Orgs are so stupid. They get cucked by this. And they're like, oh, it's a little kid. And actually, I'd rather be popular than be business savvy. So I'm actually just gonna handshake agree to this, even if it's not in the contract. And I'm I'm pretty sure that that is what actually happened. I also wouldn't way, sign anyone like that, by the way. Oh, when I join your multi-million dollar super team, I think it might fail, so can I leave? No! <laughs> you know what? You've just failed the interview, mate. Yeah. Out you go. Like, let me bring in some motherfucker from, like, Eastern Europe or, like, fucking Patrick or something. Where are you from? Czech Republic or something. See all these millions? You want to play, son? Yeah. Any any concerns about failing? Nah. There you go. Right on the team you are. There we go. That's so, my guy. I want, mate. This is what, this is what <laughs> Jack actually does. Jack will approach players... And he will ask them, like, here's the deal, blah, blah, blah. And Jack will usually do, like, his first... Sure, there'll be room to negotiate or whatever. But the first offer will be a legit offer. And if he thinks you're not interested, or, like, if you're saying... If you come back and say, well, I've, you know, I'm, I'm considering loads of different options and, uh, and why should I join you? He'll literally say, bye. He'll say bye immediately because he's like, I only want people who want to actually Perfect. believe exactly yeah. what I just told you. I told you exactly the truth in every way, shape, or form, and now you're just trying to, like, muddy the waters and say, what about this, what if this... Okay, if that team wants to do that, fine, bye. If you don't want to play for Cloud9, bye. I only want people who want to play for Cloud9. And by the way, fine, just very finally, 
let's also not forget that they paid Rogue, TL played Rogue, a fat buyout for Hans Summer. Good fucking <laughs> job. Good fucking job. You paid a fat buyout for a player who paid, played for one fucking season and now has cried his way back home for free. Good fucking job. It's just monopoly money, isn't it, in esports? Like, it just, it just doesn't... It's not a real thing. <laughs> the money is just absolutely nonsensical. For what it's worth as well, like, if I were to just chip in a tiny bit on, on like what i would do with the super team i'm not really like 100 percent certain who i'd have in each role but personally i i wouldn't put bjergsen anywhere near a super team like i think bjergsen is a good player a very good player in fact i think he is probably obviously it's between him and jensen as like the best mids in lcs history um but you know i'm i'm very very high on bjergsen but it just you can't deny that you know tsm is what was it like a talent suppressing machine you know like that's you just can't it, it just happens it just happens whenever bjergsen's around like people underperform around him and i just think yeah i don't want to invest all this money into the talent just to have it just kind of dwindle down and just not not live up to its expectations even as inexplicable as it might be when it comes to bjergsen because you can't you can't I, I don't think it's easy to kind of tangibly point to Bjergsen and be like, yo, he's the reason why and this is why and there's loads of reasons to why it all happens. Um, but you just cannot deny that it does happen. Like, And I just think you can't ignore that. Like, It, it, it happens. Like, When Bjergsen's on the team, like, whether it's... And obviously, we don't have behind-the-scenes info. We don't have in-game comms and stuff like that. Whatever it is, he must influence things in such a way that you know the teams don't necessarily reach reach their expectations, I would not have a super team featuring Bjergsen. So, you know, if Core, if Core JJ wants to stick around, if I'm choosing between Core and Bjerg, 100% Core, I'm not even thinking twice. And, uh, you know, I would I would much rather just sit on... I mean, look how successful Liquid, Liquid was with Pobelser, you know? And and, and Belt were like, he's a good... He's one of the best NA mids, like, of all time. But that's such a sh like that means nothing <laughs> like being a good north american mid means absolutely jack shit and team liquid was so good with him and he wasn't really a good mid laner like i wouldn't say he was ever like top echelon of of the mids even when team liquid was a number one team there's that meme of where uh, an interviewer asks him like where do you think you are in like a tier list of mid laners and he says eh, top 10 and it's like Ironically, he, you know, he's he's given a tongue-in-cheek answer, but ironically, that's probably the best answer because he never was near the top. But they still worked because it doesn't. The point I'm trying to make is like, you don't need to get that superstar mid laner, in my opinion, to 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 have a um to have like a super team, or or at least I would say I'd rather have a weaker mid laner and it not be Bjergsen, and I think that would work out better. Speaking of Rossamusa, we're going to move across the pond from NA to EU. With our second topic of the day, uh, we were just talking about how Hans Summer, obviously he went from Rogue to Team Liquid, and it looks like he's coming back to, well, we'll be leaving Team Liquid for sure, and it's looking as though he might come back to EU. With the news that Carmine Core as well, KC, the big, huge, fanatical French team currently in the, uh, in the LFL, are going to be joining the LEC. If I'm not mistaken, it's a, it's like a joint thing with Astralis, right? Like they're kind of taking so over. That's what's rumored, but th there's no yeah. like deal done, at least publicly. Yeah. Like this is just all, you know, that's that's what's on okay, the so table, that, people think. That's the, the rumor. So, yeah. so as it is right now, is that Carmen Core might be joining the 
the uh, LEC in the in the same way that Koi is joining through Rogue. Yeah. That's that's what's being said right now. Yeah. Either way, regardless of all that, uh, Kcore has announced that you know well, actually they haven't. I think this is also a rumor. Either way, Reckless is being able to explore opportunities, and uh, the deal is that Han Sama will be the new ADC for for Carmine Core, and Reckless will will be moving on. Uh, now this is kind of interesting in and of itself, like shaking up, getting rid of Reckless uh, in in exchange for Han Sama, but obviously there's a huge French element to that as well with Keiko building their, their brand around, you know, obviously the, the French fans and being owned by French streamers and Han Sama himself being French. Uh, what do you guys think about this potential move in general with Keiko, getting rid of Reckless, bringing in Han Sama, and what do you think this means for Reckless and where he'll end up? Because we've had a whole year, not just a split, but like a whole year without Reckless in LEC, which, in my opinion, is kind of criminal, honestly. No matter what you think about him, he deserves to be in LEC, and LEC is better with him in it. So what do you think? What do you think Reckless should do? What do you think about Keiko as well? I came to you first before, Rich, so Thorin, take us away on this one. I heard from my behind-the-scenes sources when Reckless left G2, kicked and sold. By the way, I was the first one to say that publicly. And then a little twat who at the time was anonymous, may as well still be, he's nobody, he'll be anonymous on this show, decided to confirm my report. How could he do that? He doesn't know my information. By the way, I love that game where you have to actually like link to their reports of stuff you can't even confirm is real or made up if they say it first. But in this case, he, rec he confirmed my report was true, but that it wasn't certain. It was absolutely certain i got absolutely from the only people who could know that it was certain that it was absolutely happening and you know why i had that because i'm a fucking g certified made man in this business and i can get that information in a way someone with an egg can't so basically when i reported that one of the things that people don't know because some people are clever with media and don't they go haha a horrible things happened but i succeeded from it because you that's a really bad fucking look isn't it that's terrible optics i heard behind the scenes or oh, they not only sold him not even to an lec rival out of the entire lec by the way insane competitive win there imagine someone else getting one of the best players an mvp the prior year you shift an mvp out of the league i heard they even got most of the money they wanted I heard they might got almost exactly what they wanted, which was that big amount that everyone was crying about. Oh, no one's paying the amount. So you've got to put it down to sell record. I heard at the end, they got most of it from the old Kay Corporoni. So as a result, here's the joke here if you're a Reckless fan. Because if you noticed, this is the episode where I'm the fucking Reckless defender, apparently. Nobody watched him in the RLs. Nobody did. Ultras did, who are more on K-Corp fans, who are just the signal noise that ruin every single discussion about the teams. Mm -hmm. Hence why people are convinced there were news stories saying that K-Corp was buying a team every single year. There never were. There were never stories like that. It was like vaguely implicated, and even then it was rumours, and there was never anything firm behind the scenes as far as I know. So we get to this point now where apparently they're coming in finally. Well, the implication here if you're a Reckless fan is Hans Sama for free is instantly more interesting than Reckless. Now, they're going to say, because of the French angle, because he's hands... No, that's what you say, like, when you were coming in with the heretics. Like, oh, maybe we get Spanish players. Like, well, there are no fucking good ones except Razok, are they, you moron? So what you're saying there, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just saying there, I'll probably have some cheap players, but because I'm from Spain and they're from Spain, pretend I wanted them first. So already, I think what you've done is there, you've gone, listen, Reckless, I don't watch him in the RLs either. It was okay. You certainly weren't like the best player or some god ADC. You weren't the MVP of the league or anything. So you know what? I imagine, because 
Carlos did a great job. Our contract with you is fucking ridiculous, mate. I bet you're on mad money. And you know what? As I'll bet is the case, I'll bet K-Corp has loads of fans. I'll bet we did all the numbers and analytics. You don't even move the needle. You're just reckless. Remember, the thing people never remember until it's their player in this spot is, you know, if I was now like, I'd cite Froggen for market. I'd never say that, by the way. If I said that, because I love Froggen and know he's a legend, no fan now gives a shit. Did you ever see that pop quiz recently on LEC where half of the LEC current players are like, Frogging played in Korea. You almost yeah. won the motherfucker, you moron. He essentially almost won the hardest tournament in the world over all the legends of like Blaze and Frost and all. And they were even going, wow, respect. It's like, so, you did so the whole time I've been having shows where these morons come on and all laugh at me and my thoughts about forgiving and frogging. They didn't even know his career. They thought like Elements was frogging or something like. So basically, though, the joke is, I think that's who Reckless is now. I think his ultra fans create so much signal noise. You think he has an enormous fan base. I'm sure if you go to a generalized event like LEC finals, then there are loads of people will queue up for an autograph. I don't think, though, that having him is like having David Beckham go to Real Madrid and a million jerseys. I don't think it does. I think K-Corp sells those jerseys. Quite, quite frankly, maybe if someone French is just in that spot, it doesn't really matter in that sense. So I actually personally think it's ridiculous to get Reckless. I think he's probably better than Hans Sam right now. I actually think he... The thing about Reckless is this. It's one of the reasons I hate people who think that, like, fucking Larson's trash as well. It's like the floor of these players is mental, mate. You couldn't dream of the floor these guys have. There's no such thing as a bad split. A bad split for them is like they fuck around and they're the fourth best in their role. And then everyone's like, they're done, they're done for. And that's the floor. Like, these guys don't do Hansama splits. They don't do it. So I would keep reckless personally. But then again, I imagine it's money. I imagine this is a cheaper version. Anti-gambling Hansama gets really good again. And you look like a genius, don't you? So there's that angle too so i personally think if you look at that what was the other part of it what could k-corp end where do you see him ending up to the other yeah. part right so here's the problem it seems if you look at this at the scene there would have been rumors by now if it was someone big like, it, like the rumor people have is maybe he goes back to fanatic because obviously like spoiler i don't think upset likes fanatic fans now i think he's sort of with me on that one and i think even if he'd won the championship he might have just said shove it up your ass i'm leaving so i think quite frankly it's probably his time for upset to move on from that team by the way i'd also be moving on if ye old hillersang was still staying there myself like mm. that wasn't fun for me I, again by the way upset also a player with a ridiculous flaw to his game where are his bad splits go find me them oh no you'll lie and say he had bad splits you can put him in the worst team put him on Australis he'll never have a bad split I'll tell you that right now because players like him are just bona fide he grinding all day long mate he's, st he's like oh, he's still on the other on the states he's hungry as fuck for the title he's not giving up gonna give up till he gets it so if upset's leaving I will say it's a natural move to bring back reckless by the way same reason I said about core JJ bring back reckless and all of a sudden we don't have to play through but Hillisang's free again let him roam he can even do whatever the fuck picks he wants he's back and by the way you've just decided at this point in time you're gonna live and die by Hillisang. it's good you can live sometimes yeah it's worth it so i would put that team back together i would probably say that obviously like i said i would potentially if i'm lcs teams plenty of lcs teams i think should go crazy trying to get reckless the again even the marketing angle i think that would work in lcs there's the difference if he comes to lcs now that's a way bigger story than any team him joining fanatic now isn't as big a story as like tsm announces reckless tomorrow Mate, now we're back in business. Team Liquid announces that. Hey, now we're back in business. Like that. Remember, you could also, even though it's probably not true, spin the angle of like, oh no, I'm not trying to get a player who could go to the world's finals. I just got one that did. I, I got the guy that did. Like, it's season eight. And by the way, here's one you don't like to hear if you're an LEC fan. Go watch that world's. Reckless is way better than Caps at that world's. 
Cap's actually at that world is overrated as piss. It's no wonder Rookie fucking shit stomped him in the toilet. It's mental, mate. Reckless, like, carries them past EDG. He's doing work against fucking Sneaky. It's mental, mate. He actually was having a bang of worlds, that one. It's just the joke was because the whole narrative was Caps is the god. Everyone's just done that thing where they just... that one, That's like Faker's last half of Faker's career. All the check marks just go next to Caps' name. So I think it's mental that people now are just totally out on Reckless. Like, what did he do? Because, spoiler, I think, actually, that the way he played in the RLs proves my point about what he's the best at, which is... If you are going to put him just in a team with a bunch of other players and you have like aggro jungler and stuff, then yeah, he's just going to chill out. He's not going to be the star of the league. You have to put him in a really good team and then he will be fucking amazing because otherwise he's just going to play like an average game. So I think he could be really rehabilitated. It could be a really good team player. So plenty of teams should, but I, that, I think Fnatic or an NLCS team is where he goes now. I think he does. Like, honestly, I can't do another split without Reckless. Oh, it'd be wild. It's just... I know we had like, you know, we had Niski, we had Jensen and, and like that was whatever. That was bad enough. That was one split of, <laughs> of not having them. But a whole year without Reckless. I mean, I'm not even, nah, he's just, he's just too good to not be in, in LEC. It's just, Tell you what would be a fire one. Look, I will say it's not as simple as he used to coach him. But hey, if you really wanted to get cocky, Larry Youngbuck, pick up that phone. You want to come to XL, mate? We need a superstar. Mm. You want to come to XL? Would they were Mickey Patrick, X? Though? I think they're quite happy. Probably with that. not, because unfortunately, Patrick apparently like creates the Philosopher's Stone out of his ass secretly in yeah. scrims or something. I've never seen what he does. I've watched all his fucking career. I'm waiting to see where Forgiven 3.0 is. Like, but everyone tells me he's the <laughs> god, mate. As far as I can tell, he's like the permanent fourth best ADC. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get the hype on that one, mate. I never will. He definitely overperforms for the rosters around him. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Um, Rich, mate. What about you? What do you think is going to be happening with, with Reckless? And what do you think about the move to replace him with Hans Summer and KC? Hopefully you're going to go in on Reckless now. So I'd say all those nice things about him. <laughs> Could have balanced it out. Thorin's still waiting for his boy Jazuki to get another shot, I think. Anyway. I actually would also <laughs> like him to play again, for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, he's in he's on Giants, right? Isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Team, yes. So. But sadly um, sort of disappeared. As yeah. one of the few English-speaking people, I guess, who did watch the ERLs, at, at least uh, particularly the LFL in spring, Reckless was actually very good in uh, spring. I think in summer, he was kind of exactly as you described him. Like, definitely not a problem on the team at all, but also certainly not, like, pop-off great. He was just kind of there reacting to what was going on around him. Um, one of these classic things where if you had, like, pro view, you would see him, again, playing, like, weak side ADC, playing it very well. But then if you also have the score in the corner, the game's slowly getting away from them, and he's, like, drifting from Tier 1 to Tier 2 to Tier 3 towers farming, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they're taking the fountain, and the guy's, like, got zero deaths, but he's also done nothing. Like, that was kind of summer a little bit. Um, I think there's basically two realistic scenarios off the top of my head where i'll be like oh, i could see him like going there when it comes to lec thorin already mentioned one which is the return to fanatic is like the obvious one what about and by the way in case you don't know because i know fanatic people don't worry fanatic are so bitch made they oh, would absolutely yeah. they Definitely. would beg him to come back i'm not even joking they're so yeah. they're so weird like that that they would like psychologically they essentially because he left them dude they have to get him back for the closure. They're like the loser who, like, the girl left him and she held him to win you back. They would have him back instantly. I'm almost certain of it, man. Even if my boy upset us, but I don't think they even care. I think they would absolutely bring him back. But you know what's really weird is even though that a few people spoke about that rumor, like the big one where people are like, oh, maybe, they're like, maybe he goes back to G2. It's like, 
Are you stupid? Think about the two possible scenarios, okay? We're talking about Fnatic and G2. All that has to happen to clear the to clear the decks for him to go back to Fnatic is that Hilly, who's had like the worst season of his life, leaves. And by the way, he's a free agent. So like very good chance he leaves. Then there are no other issues that I'm aware of which wouldn't allow Reckless to just walk back into Fnatic. G2, hello, Yankos is still... Like, what are we doing? Like, do we just pretend that half of history just hasn't happened and we're just playing football manager and just moving pieces around again? Like, what the fuck are we doing? So no, G2 is not an option unless mountains move okay so Fnatic, so don't think carlos wants him back either mate so no, that's probably off the definitely table not. so and reckless and even reckless wouldn't want to go back i'm pretty probably sure not. so we've got uh fanatic return and then vitality to me is the other obvious one you absolutely should change kazi if you are vitality and uh you're actually getting like the opposite player almost you'll get i mean it's kind of weird because kazi in my opinion isn't really good at anything apart from if he knows he's about to die he's quite efficient at getting damage out just before he dies that's about it but you're getting someone who never gets caught in reckless who if he does reach those mid late game team fights in an even state or a head state will actually output a shit ton of damage while staying alive and be able to successfully kite backwards and someone who is yeah basically going to shore up your weak side game because if your opinion of Labrov, which most people's are who even rate him is that he's not amazing in lane but he's super legit with his movements outside of lane perfect you've got the ad carry who can be left on his own in lane all day while Labrov runs around the map brilliant again we'll wait and see what happens with vitality but i definitely think that's that's an option the other two question marks are of course bds what are they going to do? Because BDS is an org who have money. They've just up to now decided not to spend it. Do they change strategy? Do they go for bigger budget? So that could happen. And Heretics. We don't know what's going to happen with Heretics, right? We have no idea what's going to happen with Heretics. Heretics should probably actually overvalue Reckless in the sense that no one gives a fuck about your shitty org. Make people care. Sign Reckless. You Suddenly you make people care. And the other one, Thorin already touched on it slightly and why, why I prefer this to the TL angle because as I said, the thing with TL is at this point you also have to be slightly concerned that Reckless has basically been thrown out of multiple teams like back to back and you're pairing him with someone like Bjergsen and like, like I don't, to be honest, I personally don't like that for like personality reasons aside from anything else. TSM would be a fucking banger. TSM needs a fucking redemption arc and one of the ways you can get people back on side and people believing again or whatever is signing someone whose brand matches also a high level of gameplay and that would absolutely absolutely be reckless so if i'm tsm and i've got any money to spend on league of legends this season i'd definitely throw it at reckless and as we've spoken about on this show before in previous interviews and stuff when reckless has talked about what what he likes about being on certain teams or whatever this guy fucking loves fans adoring him he's all about the fan base screaming his name and the little girls wetting their panties he fucking loves that shit sorry for that fox uh yeah, yeah so he will like that i think that's a match made in heaven i think he is that is the big brand team who have the legacy he's the big brand player who has his legacy pair them together and also it's win-win right for reckless because if they're shit well they've been shit for ages if they're good it was reckless wasn't it so i actually think that's a great angle I, I, that i hadn't actually thought about until uh thorin mentioned it and also i'd add this reckless does like money so you're it's not like he's going to go to an XL, for example, and be like, you know what? If they re-sign Marcoon, you know, they, uh, they've got some decent pieces here and there, Mickey X. Uh, well, XL aren't going to offer him the million-dollar contract. That's not going to happen. So it, in terms of fit, I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, I would actually pick TSM 
as the optimum one. If, if imagine Reckless goes back, and by the way, for the league as well, the dying fucking league. Like imagine Reckless goes to fucking NA and wins NA LCS. That by would the be way, fucking banger. I've got a little freebie for you. Say a free joke I've just come up with, right? So how do you know Reckless knows he's never actually going to win Worlds? There's a very obvious way you can tell. Because he knows he's never going to get that world skin, so he's just creating the world skin that he would pick on his body. <laughs> there you go, it's a freebie. Uh, little freebie for you there. Oh, God, I forgot. Oh, I forgot <laughs> You've completely lost it now. It's just... Uh, I I just what, what are we doing? So I'm going, sorry. Like, anyway, I want, your... I want a, a genuine Reckless fan, and I, I don't know how many are left, but and presumably if they're watching this show, they're of a particular disposition and demographic anyway but if any of you are genuine reckless fans please give me your honest assessment on this guy's tattoos please just a little paragraph what you think about like it to know. oh yeah i'd like know. to know as someone who's like not naturally you know disposed against him or whatever you're a fan what do you think of these tattoos because i'm not joking when he went on that nike advert running outside i thought he was wearing like athletic like basketball mm -hmm. fuck it that's just black, mate. They, not, what are we doing? Like, you go and sat, sit down in the chair with some like world class tattoo artist. What's it gonna be, mate? What kind of what can I do for you here? Oh, you've got a bit of a uh, black. I'll just take black. Like, what are we doing? Reverse Michael Jackson. What's going on? Like, I, I, <laughs> that might be a timestamp. I don't know. Anyway, um. I'm curious. I, I really like the suggestion of TSM Reckless, actually. The more I hear that, the more I'm like, yes, I want to see it. Because I do think, like... Also, the... perfect market for me and my brand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In many ways. Not be a bigger fan of exactly. these exactly. and merge them together. It's but just, that is actually be living out the original forfeit idea, which was a TSM jersey with Reckless on the back. Yeah, which is, we're just manifesting <laughs> exactly. everything into existence yeah. on this show. Exactly. So, so true. Yeah, I think realistically speaking, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he teams up with Perks in some capacity. Um, I'm not sure what Perks is going to be doing. Well, assuming he stays on Vitality, but Kazi's not going to be on there like 100. There's no way Kazi stays on Vitality. Um, there'll be a shift up probably in the entirety of the bot side there, and it makes sense if this is the big if. If Vitality have decided, I guess much like Team Liquid, that they weren't just burning money by going for a super team. If they want to keep spending money, then I think Reckless makes a lot of sense. Uh, or as you say, someone like Heretics, like a new a new organization, just yeah, give us a reason to care about your org. It's something that I think the new the new orgs kind of struggle to build their brand. One of the teams that have kind of impressed me actually in their in their way to build their brand, um, I would say a hundred thieves, but it's only because actually they've been winning everything like. That doesn't count. You're just winning everything. But it was purely from a brand perspective. It's FlyQuest with their their like whole like uh, hippie stuff and planting trees and and save the bees. That has kind of that thing. actually garnered any fan I, base though? Like I got you compare it compared to th some like Golden Guardians, you know, sure. or like any of these other like teams that are just who until recently FlyQuest and even even honestly even recently like I, I know FlyQuest have been doing like better. They're all right. Yeah, they're all right now. Here's the thing, though. I, I will say, I don't think they're actually a FlyQuest fans. Here's what I think. I think FlyQuest is the fake second team that people have. They're yeah. like, here's my yeah, real team, yeah. but I like FlyQuest. <laughs> They've just become like, you know, the, the safe team. Nothing, they? But there's, there's also, yeah. there's also a, a difference. Team. There's a difference between having a brand and an identity. They have an identity. 
but that doesn't mean that they have like a big brand. Like everyone now can associate them with like the hippie, vegan, save the planet, save the earth kind of stuff, whatever. Like you do now think of something in your head when you think of FlyQuest, but I don't know if that's actually garnered that much. All you have to do, by the way, go on their socials. First of all, look at the level of interaction they get it's kind of whatever and then look at when they do one of these big like merch drops or something with these crazy like flowery things and all the proceeds go yeah you'll get all the classic people that you could think of who would associate with that and like that and that that will resonate with they'll all like it they'll all retweet it it'll pop doesn't translate into the rest of the brand or the interest in them actually winning games like it is almost like a separate thing so yeah i mean it by the way go on no i was gonna say good for them that they're trying and that they have sort of cornered out an identity but that i would say there is a big difference between having an identity and having a proper brand the one reason i would also like reckless to join vitality is because i don't know what level of fucking like being right nirvana i would ascend to if a caps twice kicks reckless out or says i don't want to play with reckless and then perks just goes get him the fuck out of my team as well but <laughs> at that point i don't even need to say anything i'll just ascend like it'll be like the end of fucking one of those shit star wars ones where his force goes just leaves it doesn't need doesn't need to exist anymore at that point in time just, my work is done this is this is a, ma a massive detail by the way that uh, idiots have missed when they're talking about this thing is that like they, again, the one story, the biggest story people have said is like, oh, I'll go back to G2. Then people mention the Fnatic thing. The people don't talk about Vitality. And the reason why I was wondering this, and I actually saw it on a thread where someone said, don't be stupid, Perks is on that team. These people actually think that Perks is on the same team as Reckless. They just associate in their head like winning, G2 winning Perks. Oh, and Reckless was there. They think he was on the same team and that he would say no to Reckless. I mean, maybe he would say no to Reckless. I don't know, but they have not played together. Like there's no reason from your perspective as an outsider to believe that that's like a no-go yeah i actually be. once had perks on a show i think it was crackdown or something with dom and i basically pressed him because he tried it was either listen local or the other one and he tried to do that thing where like he tried to be the pro who stands in for reckless and explains why he is the best and i said like oh it's all true what you're saying yeah he can play very well he's like mvp player and i said at the end of the day though right if he's on your team and you're in the world semi-finals it's game five and then he's got you're gonna you're gonna let him you want him on your team to carry you think he's gonna be the one who stands up and wins and then he was like well well, maybe not in, you know, maybe it's like he started equivalent. Like, and all you need to know is this. I wouldn't ever reveal this publicly, but all I'll tell you is this, just like a bunch of my boys in Fnatic, a bunch of my boys in G2, here's what would happen if he played and it failed in Vitality. They would send me the DM. I appreciate every single time. It just goes, wow, you were right. Even about all the behind the scenes stuff. And I just go, thank you. Wow. Score another one. Score another one <laughs> for the old Thormeister. Because I didn't make any of that. Showbolts came from behind the scenes, you morons. And they were all, it's real. Spoiler, it's now playing out in his career, unfortunately. That, this is what happens, by the way. That a reputation, eventually it'll catch up to you, no matter who you are. If you keep doing this shit, it'll, it might take a few years. It might lag if you're really good at the game. But one of, the, one of these days, especially if you have a down moment, all that shit will come back to you. Right, well, we've spoken enough about uh, esports divas and uh, superstars in League of Legends. That's more zoom out here and look at esports as a whole and with our moving on from our, our favorite individuals to our, our favorite nationality or government regimes the saudis yes they're they really like esports and gaming and it looks like they're not really going anywhere as of yet it's been quite a controversial topic uh discussion really in esports in general is is the introduction of the saudis and Things like Neom and whatnot, and obviously there's a huge backlash about that when it was with the LEC. They bought ESL, and uh, obviously, again, 
you know, with with all the con controversies about human rights breaching and, and stuff like that, tied to the Saudi gov government and how like the, the the blood money perhaps tainting esports. Um, at this point, it's getting to a, a situation where will we even be able to avoid the Saudis' money? Because they've recently announced a, a new esports initiative called the National Gaming and Esports Strategy, which aims to make Saudi Arabia a global hub for gaming by 2030. So they're going to create almost 40,000 new jobs, the creation of 30 new competitive gaming titles. And, you know, that's all up in the air of what that actually means. Um, but either way, as as I as I mentioned, you know, they only ESL. They've been trying to get into esports in one way or another, whether it's through sponsorships or aggressive takeovers, and just throwing throwing money at things essentially until stuff sticks. And as we all know, money talks the loudest. Um, and again, with, with this announcement, they're really trying to up, up the ante here. Do you think it's going to be possible to avoid Saudi money? I know there are a few people like yourself, Thorne, who refuse to work in any capacity with uh, something that's involved in the Saudis purely for ethical reasons, but at some point, will you be able to avoid it? Um, I, I, it's it's crazy. I, I can't believe I'm kind of like saying this thinking I'm someone who started like YouTube and like streaming and, and when esports was really small, like 2010 times. And I feel you and that's like, Puh, really new. Gosh, that was like 30 years into my career. But um, it's just, I'm just saying that out loud. I remember getting $50 for a, a, making a video for Machinima back in the day as another name that's uh, going to bring up memories. And now we're talking about millions being pumped into the ecosystem from, from the Saudis, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, do you think it's going to be something we can dodge at some point? Or is it inevitable? Saudi money is coming in here that's going to take over everything. And uh, if, if you want to work in eSports, you're probably going to be on their bankroll in one way or another. Rich, hit me up. What are your thoughts here? So I think the biggest or like the most important thing about this is the, the way people see this and the way they frame it and being able to separate that from people's actions and like belief systems because like i think despite what some people would have you believe this is not actually like a black and white situation at all like you don't have to be immoral or like an evil person if you take saudi money like in any shape or form like obviously there are circumstances where it would be questionable or what have you but it doesn't make you a bad person and if we're being realistic we could possibly reach a point where all major tournaments are essentially either run by the saudis or china or, by the way, throw in corporate America as well. They're not, like, squeaky That already is all three. That's the yeah, Venn diagram. Exactly. Esports in the middle of that three yeah. circles, right? It's like, they're not a million times better, right? Like, pro probably less abhorrent, but whatever. But th the thing is, whatever happens, what is most important is when you find yourself as an org or a freelancer or whatever it is that you are, that you're, at the very least, consistent in your beliefs and actions. Like, no one was outraged because Carlos went to speak at a press conference in Dubai on behalf of these people or whatever. You can justify and frame that in a million different ways. You can say that, like, in the same way you can justify going to a bad country and spreading good just as a very sort of holistic, uh, you know, whatever. Like, th there's nothing bad about that inherently. You can justify it however you want. The problem, obviously, people had with it was he did this, I would say, ill-advised tweet where he said, yep. I will never work with the Saudis. And clearly that's not the case. And... Including the word never. He didn't yeah. even just say like, I don't want to work with someone like that yeah. now, which would have been the way to phrase it. You know, he wrecked himself, didn't he? Yeah, it's, 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 but I, I would say that was like stupid more than like evil, let's say. It was just like a dumb and short-sighted and he probably didn't see the forest through the trees of what he was saying, but whatever. Same shit with Frankie though. Although obviously, you know, worse. Like we're not universe, or even for someone like Frost, right? With like Riot, again, Tencent owned Chinese, whatever. We're not 
universally cr like crucifying everyone that works for ESL events, right? Like loads of really good people work at ESL events and they can say, oh, well, this is bullshit. I went to ESL, then the Saudi money came in. I still had a contract. Like these things are never black and white at all. But it's about what comes out of your mouth and if that even remotely matches your actions. And as I said, it's the same with a whole bunch of people. And ultimately, as uh, Thorin said, the joke is the Venn diagram is already basically Saudi Arabia, fucking China and, and America, right? So it is kind of a possible to impossible to avoid for a lot of these people. Luckily for uh, some of us, you know, like myself included, I'm in a position where I don't ever have to take Saudi money, most likely. And so far as that's in my control, I will not do it. Uh, the same reason why even with this project I'm kind of trying to do with uh, Riot at the moment, I am not taking a fucking penny from Riot. And if I am forced to be under some kind of contract because of NDA reasons or whatever, I've already told them I'm going to publicly say that's the case and I'm going to announce like a charity or whatever that I'm going to give that money to because I'm not going to have fucking Riot money on my hands at this point. Like, And again, people can say like, ah, oh, but you were uh, in league with Riot surely because you were in the league, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. But also Riot, as sort of questionable as and as dodgy as they were, back then keep in mind that when I, my partnership with riot or h2k's partnership with riot happened that's not the same company that they are today and i didn't know half the shit i know now that i knew back then and so you know it is what it is like everyone has to abide by their own moral compass and we as outsiders of other people's moral compass can job judge those moral compasses as we see fit right but as i said i think everyone can just sort of agree regardless of what our different value systems are that you should be at least fucking consistent with your actions versus what your words are and i think that's the most important thing going forward and if g2 or any other uh, org or whatever are in saudi run tournaments for league of legends or cod or counter-strike or whatever the case may be i am not going to default think fuck those people and everyone else who is associated with them or whatever. that's what happens in the summer months on their social media for me <laughs> <laughs> don't you think that should go that same yeah you, you want to be in those leagues and take that money then what are you going to do in summer yeah better not be any media campaigns yeah. that say the opposite better of what not. your actions are yeah exactly. there will be of course that goes that same but i mean again yeah it's it's just obviously these people like have their cake and eat it but e even then if i'm being real like yeah it's a meme or whatever i'm not gonna lose my shit if like it's, it's like th at this point it's so satired and cliched to see some like multicolored fucking profile picture or something from people who you know can't possibly be sincere about that. I, I, it's whatever. Like there are bigger problems in the world, right? But I just think that, in general, you should. The problem is, if I can't trust what you say, then what are you worth to me? Absolutely fucking nothing. Like you have to at least be true and consistent to your own, to your own words, to your own value system. So, did Carlos make a mistake? Absolutely, he did, and he was rightly criticised for it. And people good for pointing it out. Frankie clearly put herself in a ridiculous corner that she didn't need to put herself in. But that's on her. This idea, by the way, that people like come to her defense and try and contextualize it. You don't need any more context. I don't need to know any of that. I only need to know what her own fucking mouth spewed. She did it to herself. Everything else is fucking irrelevant. Did your actions match your words? Yes or no? No. Okay, well, then you lied. At, at best, you lied. At worst, you were deliberately insincere and manipulative. So whatever, like justify it however you want. But that that's all I really ask for from these people. Because as, as I said, it's, it's inevitable regardless. Like all this shit's going to be owned by essentially evil money. And it already is like LC. It's not, by the way, like League hasn't been owned by Chinese people for six months. 
Tencent's owned fucking Riot Games for ages. We all watch that shit. We all participate or monetize off of that. If not directly, then indirectly to a certain extent, right? Even if you stream their game, you're somewhat, you know, in league with them a little bit, right? You're promoting their game. We talk about their fucking game. There are tenuous links all over the place. So it's, it's also silly to be like holier than thou when, you know, we're all in some respects in bed with them. But again, this shit's on a spectrum and obviously there are things that are abhorrent and less abhorrent. Um, but yeah, if, if you're going to be one of those dickheads who just default disavows anyone who ever even like has conversations with these people, then that's on you, mate. And my only conclusion from that is you're a bit of a prick and don't understand nuance. <laughs> All right. And uh, what about you then, Thorin? Are you thinking this is kind of just an unavoidable fate at this point for, for esports with Saudi money? And from your personal standpoint as well, someone who said that they won't work with uh, with Saudi money. Well, the thing is, I actually understood when I even saw, even before the Neom stuff, like you said, with Riot getting bought out, it was just obvious as to the way things were going. So to me, I've already planned this in my career. Like, look, it might be a little bit more difficult than I thought because I'm also doing that whole company thing with Monty and some other creators, so it's going to be a little bit more difficult to finagle. But spoiler, I did turn down the investment that would have come through, face it, people. But then they just the day before got bought out by the Saudi side to say no to that money. And we did it a different way in terms of funding it. So there is an element to which that part might draw me back towards the industry. But aside from that... It's not an exaggeration. I've spent the last few years gradually moving out of the industry. I still do my stuff, but how I monetize it, who I work with, that's alternate methods. And if you notice, I've intentionally, I mean, I did it in part so people couldn't cancel me and all that jazz. But it just so happens to be a happy coincidence that it also means I don't have to work with these people. I don't have to be the CSGO guy who's like, but if every event gets bought, how do I do it? It's like, I won't do the events anymore. I'll do a watch party at home for someone else. So there's different ways around it. The problem is, I'm very unique in that sense. And most people aren't trying to do that. They're trying to have the industry exist as a path of jobs and then pick out the best one and get to the top of the industry in their little field. Well, the issue is going to be, one, the top end is going to be all like this because right now, eSports still does not turn anything close to the profit they've been promising for 10, 15, 20 years. And so because you don't make profit, then people who naturally come in think it logically through where people don't need a profit. In fact, they might even be people who have unlimited money, but then need something else, a nice rep, things that are so people associate as wholesome, ways to rehabilitate themselves. That's what they're getting in exchange for the deal. So to me, it was logical that all these entities would come in. In the case of certain other countries, they just want social control. They want to output things through the Western medium that maybe they want to do differently in their place. That's, that's almost like sort of like a fucking battleground for them to some degree. And then the American corporate interest is a mixture of both in it. It's like political control, social control, and then it's also let's sell these brands. It's like put these things out there. I even think logically if you look who's bought into the lcs they consider those like complementary businesses like their idea is yeah i am with like the warriors but then i also want to stake in this team here on the side and so i've got this portfolio of sports enterprises i'm building out like you know that's a whole thing where they don't have to succeed right now they can get off with the fact the warriors are doing great and this is actually pennies on the dollar to them it's fuck all money so those are the people who are going to come in and that's your best case scenario is a somewhat vaguely benevolent na billionaire cunt guy through a company with a hedge fund with VC, you know? That's like your best case scenario at the top. And the real dark part to me is esports actually is becoming monopolized. It's going to become, so there's the top end and then there's going to be far call tier three. There might be tier two, which we've artificially built down like ERLs to feed tier one. It's not even actually a legit grassroots thing. But the idea that like back in the day, it wouldn't have mattered if they'd have bought ESL because you could go and work with DreamHack who was a separate brand back then. 
You could go work with Face It, who was a separate brand back then. You could go work with E-League or with Starlight or with all sorts of different people. But the problem now is, for example, in CSGO, it's basically Blast and ESL. Then if you go elsewhere, in Riot, it's only Riot. If you go elsewhere, see what I mean? Like, there's not that many options left. So the problem is this. If you want to be a traditional person working in esports, a team, a player, an owner, a caster, on-camera talent executive you're gonna to have to live in this world because they're just gonna buy your world up and that's just that's just gonna be the state of play for you so i do think people can avoid it but you're gonna to have to avoid it in the sense that you're gonna go your own road anyway and it's not gonna be easy it's gonna to be tough you have to essentially you're gonna to have to shut trail blaze your own trail no one's done it before like it's not easy but the point is depends how much is it worth to you if it isn't by the way just fucking get your fucking little ego which has been inspired by the fucking sin of pride and just fucking Compress it a bit and take an L and just say, yeah, you know what? I said a stupid thing a few years ago. I thought I had extremely strong principles on something that I actually realised when I thought, maybe even use the lies they all say. I thought to myself, actually, how could I put my principles over my family? I don't get that yeah. personally. I would always put my I would always put my principles first. That's why my family love me, but then that's a different life I live. So you can even spin it a million different ways and people will forgive you, especially, by the way, if they're getting their gibs afterwards. Like if, they, if you take the Saudi money and they're like, oh, I don't know about this, and you're like, I'm signing Viper and Trophy. They're going to forgive you in a fucking heartbeat. They won't give a flying fuck. Then it's the same thing. If you go and work Worlds and you do an awesome job, they're not really going to care that you said two years ago in a tweet, yeah, what about this shit? If you're popular, you're popular, mate. It's high school and esports. You can get away with anything if you're the popular kid. We all know that. So to me, it is inevitable. I also think it's just natural it would have gone this way. And I think, like, basically... You're gonna have, if you want to get into the like minutia of looking at how bad people are and what they do, like I say, you're just gonna be pouring over some American company, which the joke would be ten years ago would have been the evil empire, trying yeah. to figure out are they quite as evil as I sort of said I wouldn't work, and then you maybe can work with them. So that's just because the, the, the real problem as well is this. It's the main thing that kills it is the lack of the tier three. Because like I said, if esports scaled up, right, and the top end was worth billions, that'd be fine for me and you. Because maybe we just still go and work at a regional level and we still get the same money we used to. Because it's all scaled up. But I actually don't think that'll happen. I think you'll have to join the beast, as it were, and be part of the system. I think it'll just become it'll become sort of the initiation into esports industry. It does seem inevitable, really, at this point. And and I I think it's a good point that you guys bring up as well. Is that we're talking all this about Saudi money, but what who's already in it i mean riot's like majority owned by tencent and it's like that's the chinese and, and the chinese it's got crazy stuff going on right now and not that you know it, like we're sitting here on our on our high horses out in the west like oh but those those other countries are so terrible there's there's so much scummy shit going on. even within the companies that you work with themselves like not even nothing to do with where the money's coming from you don't even have to take that many steps back you don't even have to go to the roots so to speak to find things that are arguably uh things you you wouldn't want to associate with or that might conflict with your morals it's it just seems like it is what it is honestly at this point i mean i would say that i did consciously in sort of life after h2k as it was put myself in a position where i knew that if i wanted to i would not have to succumb to the idea that i have to work with one of these groups of people that was something very deliberate but at the same time let's say that through some kind of weird miracle that Riot had actually written a partnership agreement which actually made perfect sense and they'd reversed loads of the stuff that they said they were going to do and suddenly it became really attractive to be in the league and we were accepted into franchising, I would be in a very difficult position. I would be in a position similar to Carlos and all of these other team owners where it's like, well, fuck. Like, what if next time something like a Neom deal comes in, 
we just can't say no because Riot actually put their foot down and say, you know what, this time, fuck you, it's so much money, get out of the league. We've got a bunch of orgs who are lined up who are willing to take the Saudi deal and, you know, help fund the league and they can happily take your place and our partnership agreement says you can take the place. What say you? And there can be, and you know, maybe just do series funding and you have a conflict over the board and some people want to bring in some Chinese ownership, some people don't, whatever. Like, it is very difficult to be involved in big business and to never, ever have to deal with bad people or bad groups or a bad mm. history associated with a culture or something like that. It is very fucking difficult. As I said, I put myself in a position now where I don't think I, you know, touch wood will ever have to have that problem or conundrum again. But if I was in H2K and things had gone down that path, I don't know. Like the answer is, I don't know what I'd have to do. I think I probably would be in a situation where I was kind of thinking, well, I'm going to try and make the most of it. I'm obviously don't want to do anything that's like abhorrently bad or whatever, but like, am I really going to fuck over all my business partners and say, well, we're out then I'm out like fuck it. Fuck the last 10 years. Like now this company's involved. My morals are more important than your millions. Like it's, it's not, as I said, it is a very nuanced thing. There is no right or wrong answer in individual instances. There can be right or wrong answers in terms of like, you know, the, the level of sketchiness of a particular deal or something which maybe oppresses like a particular group of people or money has come from a very specific source, which, you know, fucked over wh whatever. There can be stark examples, but I think people are going to have to sort of reevaluate how they judge these things as time goes on, because there will not always be the choice between good and bad when it comes to esports. And that's just the reality. And it's not always a case of, okay, well, it's bad, then you should step away. It's like, again, as I said, it's not that simple. Like you stepping away could hypothetically fuck over loads of good people. So mm. it's, it's just one of those things where as with everything, almost all big businesses, this is how it's, it, this is just the inevitable conclusion. All the richest people in the world get their dirty mitts on it. And your actions, as I believe your actions as an individual and the choices that you make should be more reflective of your character and how you're judged rather than the technicality of, you know, this partnership is um, owned by the cousin who's also related to the czar of whoever who may or may not be a murderer. Like, we can get tenuous with that as well, right? Like, and again, as I said, all of us, where where do Americans go shopping in fucking Walmart? Oh, well, that's owned by Warren Buffett, who does this and this. And apparently in 1975, he did. Like, where does it end as well, right? So just understand that all these things are on a spectrum. And it's never necessarily that simple. Sometimes it can be, but usually it's not that simple. Similar thing with just everyone, as you mentioned, where do people go shopping? What do people buy? Nestle yeah. is one of the biggest biggest brands of um, and, and i sure i'm i'm certain like almost everyone listening to this if you're from somewhere where nessa as a brand is readily available uh, i don't know if it, you know where where its market reaches but i know for sure in the in the us and and in europe uh, it, somewhere in your house you have an essay product i can almost guarantee it you know mate you've and, probably got battery farm eggs like people yeah, will say okay yeah. sure but chickens lives aren't worth the same as well. so you, you actually have a very moral choice you can make if you care about that right like the we still all agree that chickens are at the very least sentient you can buy one that's cooped up and can't breathe and has its head fucking chopped off by ground by a fucking shredding machine or you can get one that gets to run around and be happy and smile and whatever like or halal you know whatever like there you, there are actually at least ethical choices you can make 
there. And none of us, I don't think, would jump on someone and say, you fucking ignorant scumbag, did you really buy non-free range? We'd be like, well, you know, maybe they're a bigger problem. You, you can contextualize it. These things are all on a spectrum, right? So yeah, I'm just more worried about the wave of the holier than thou people who are going to come come through every single time anything's announced and be like, oh well, I guess another one bites the dust. This person's a bad person, and where where did all the good people go? Not realizing the own their own fucking food in their own fridge, like it's going to yeah. get bad. I'll tell you that. Like if you think Twitter's bad now for you know wokeism or whatever, it's gonna it's gonna get a lot fucking worse in esports. That's for sure. It just to round this topic off, it's it. If you've, I don't know if if you two have you watched The Good Place, have you seen no. that? No, it's it's a show on Netflix, it's a comedy show. But essentially, it's like a show about the afterlife and like heaven and hell, um, and basically, as it, 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 it somewhat mild spoilers if you're watching The Good Place, somewhat mild spoilers. Close your ears real quick, but it's uh, it it turns out like everyone's going to the bad place, which is hell, because no one no one can live a, a, a like ethical life anymore because you've always got those tangential tangential ties to something that isn't good and, and there's like one man who is living ethically and he's just this hermit who's a complete pushover and doesn't buy anything and or do this and do that and he always walks everywhere and he doesn't you know make sure he doesn't walk in any bugs where he's walking and all these things right it's just it just gets ridiculous it just uh, it gets way over the top and i think you know obviously there's Slight difference between, you know, buying, I guess, free-range eggs and not enabling a genocidal government regime, but at the same time... Depends it's... who you speak to, mate. I mean, the, the battery <laughs> system... Like, if, you're, if you're a hardcore vegan for animal rights reasons, that there is perpetual genocide going on of a species that they care about. Like, I'm not joking. Mm. Like, a lot of people believe, for, 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 for whatever uh, reason, as crazy or otherwise, that anything that's sentient has equal life value as you know it's not just about looking after your own for some of these people so again it's about i i have respect for someone even if they have a completely different belief system than me if they actually believe it and are consistent with it than if they're just all over the place like, and this is again a problem with a lot of people who theoretically are like batting on the same team as me right but i go on twitter and you get these people who are just spouting absolute shit about their politics or whatever and then uno reverse card like the very next tweet and they don't even realize what they're saying because they're so disingenuous that they can't even stick to their own script that they themselves wrote about their own belief system like and we're on the apparently we're on the same team i don't want to be associated with you you're a fucking degenerate who can't even stick to a story whereas someone who might be on the completely opposite i don't know political aisle to me or whatever as long as they're consistent and obviously if, if they have abhorrent views or something then okay fine i don't want to i don't want to be associated with that person but as long as they have something that is coherent and that i can see that they genuinely believe in again as long as they're a good faith actor I don't care. That's great. Like if they're consistent or whatever, all it means is we disagree. That's it. It just means we disagree. I'm not questioning them as a person and saying, I don't believe that you really mean that or X, Y, and Z. Like it, it just, it just gets to, to silly street at that point. So yeah, it's, it's just, I mean, again, esports is just uh, the ultimate extension of like the lunacy that is modern day life in general anyway, at this point. <laughs> Let's bring in our fourth topic of the day here, which I'm, I'm a little bit, surprised actually to see this i thought this was an esports show but uh we're talking about overwatch here um blizzard has announced that overwatch 2 is being released next month 
that would be October 2022, just in case you're a strange person who reads a, listens to a new show, essentially, uh, months in, in, in the future, for whatever reason that might be. Uh, and not only is Overwatch 2 coming to life, but Overwatch 1 is being taken out back and shot. It's, it's being done, though. Uh, Blizzard has announced uh, that I believe there's, there's going to be a 27-hour layover period where the servers in, on, in the first Overwatch, in, in Overwatch 1, are, are, are going to be taken offline, so you won't be able to play it anymore. And then, 27 hours' time, uh, the Overwatch 2 will be available to play. Um, now, this is, this is somewhat of a controversial decision here by Blizzard. A lot of fans being uh, angry about this, in fact. Um, especially since Overwatch 2 and Overwatch as a whole is kind of seeming to have flopped a little bit as far as expectations go with how the results of the beta uh, have been. And I just want to get you guys' opinions on, on this decision, like what you think about uh, Blizzard completely killing like Overwatch 1 and not even giving you the option like for just just as a uh, equivalent here let's say you know when when Valve brought out like uh, CS Source they didn't kill 1.6 when they brought out CSGO they didn't kill Source or like StarCraft 1 was still very popular while StarCraft 2 was even out these kind of things like Blizzard's not giving you that option personally uh, from what I've seen of Overwatch 2 it's essentially just Overwatch 1 with more like different characters and things like it, it it really doesn't seem like enough of a different game that i would in good faith compare it to what i what i've just mentioned like all the physics and stuff haven't changed in the same way that that uh, the games that i previously mentioned there but still uh interesting decisions not not even give a grace period of like a year or two of the first overwatch to, to stick around just completely killing it and, and then being like well if you want to play overwatch you have to play overwatch too um, so thoughts, feelings, opinions, uh, Thorin here, what do you think about this decision by Activision Blizzard? What you're talking about is what you call a feature, not a bug. Like the whole reason they're going to shut Overwatch 1 down is because if you only play Overwatch 1, you now have a choice. Would you like to play nothing or Overwatch 2? And oh, by the way, good news, your skins will transfer over to Overwatch 2 and it's free to play. Oh, in that case, I better play Overwatch 2. So that means I already take a captive fan base and they now must play my new game. Because here's the problem. There was never going to be a headline around the world. Newest version of Overwatch, which is just Overwatch, but patch 7897 is amazing. Everyone come and play Overwatch. But if you shut Overwatch down and you present Overwatch 2, it sounds like, oh my God, this is the new shit. You get to rebuild the whole hype. The whole carousel starts up again. All the morons in the team start to believe it could be an enormous league with loads of people playing. Here's one thing people won't know. You know, Overwatch, the game, succeeded like a motherfucker. It sold billions of in-game skins and items and loot boxes and all this shit. I think they all come from the loot box. I'm not sure. It's not a game I played very heavily. Like, as far as I know, it was one that generated billions. So if anything, you go back in time and you go... You in 2016 launched a full price game, you fucking imbecile. All you did was keep people out who might have spent more billions. Like, it should have been free to play from day one, you cretin. You even made it, I'm not joking, so that people who probably would have given Overwatch League a chance, well, like, I've never played Overwatch, I'm not buying it for a fucking league. When I watch CS, League of Legends, Dota, Starcraft, I'll stick with my games, especially, God forbid, if they're free to play. Even CS Go's free to play right now. So, in my opinion, it's a cynical marketing move. 
move for what's essentially the same game with slight changes to just reboot it. Now, the, what's funny is everyone's going to think I'm going to go on about the Overwatch League. It's irrelevant. The Overwatch League was irrelevant to what you do with this game. Sure, that's an added benefit for them that they get to lie and be like, right, well, it was actually Overwatch 1 was like the testing ground and now Overwatch 2 is where we go for real. Like, you know, now it's actually going to happen. Like, I actually think that part's irrelevant. But as an individual game... I imagine they cannot fail. They will make billions and billions of dollars off this. It will almost certainly capture most of the people who play it. If you don't know, people like Richard Lewis weren't joking. They actually genuinely, in the same way as it... It's weird. In League of Legends, it's if you work for Riot, you're in a cult. If you play Overwatch, you're in a cult. Because somehow they convinced you that things like who you like to have sex with in real life mean you should love Overwatch as your favourite game. I personally think there could be nothing more condescending than a massive fucking company owned by the people they're owned by telling me, like, you like to do this with your dick? This is probably the game for you, unless you're bigoted or something. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? I would actually turn me off, even if I was in those demographics. Like, you know what? I'm a gamer, mate. I'll just pick the games I want. I don't need you telling me, like, what's fucking, what's, like, holy and what's not, and what's fucking verboten. Like, I'll pick what I play. So, but that is a thing. There's a reason why there's all those cynical jokes that every time they have a scandal, they drop, like, an element of that sort of politics into Overwatch the game to sort of stir the pot up, the gumbo of politics, and go, does this hit anyone? Is, this, is anyone liking this? Is this a good enough distraction for you? Have I distracted you enough yet? Right there you go, there's a new thing in your game. The problem I have is, I don't think it will have any impact on the esports side. I think Overwatch League itself can't even be rebooted by this. I think you've already skinned and fleeced so many of the original owners, they're just in sunken cost fallacy at this point in time, and behind the scenes, you're giving them mad discounts. So they're like, I may as well stick around. The joke is they're doing the opposite of Team Liquid and Sama. They're like, you know what? I don't want it, and it's fucking garbage, but I'll at least stick around on this asset. Could still be worth some money. Some idiot might buy it for half the money off me one day when I finally realize I'm never going to make anything or you know what if if esports scales up enough one day the 30 mil won't be that much and maybe then it's like a lottery ticket in it bury it away in the back of a drawer somewhere the mega millions might not be for 10 years but when it comes out if I've won I've won if I haven't who gives a shit 10 million's gone anyway 30 million's gone anyway who gives a shit so I don't think the esports side will be affected I do just think though it's basically just like a fucking reskin and a relaunch isn't it seems super cynical to me and I have to say as well the genius of how they tried to spin it by sort of going like, it's basically what you love about Overwatch. You mean it's the same game. Yeah. This is the same. But the different, that's why at least it's free to play. I'll give them that. At least it's free. If it was actually like we're shutting it down and here's the new full price next version, I'd hope at least some of you would actually fucking go, I have some self respect. Maybe I would buy this game again. But if it's free to play, fair play. The joke is I might even play it and fuck around. Not much, but it wasn't a terrible game, Overwatch one. So I, my my dog is going absolutely mental because for some reason he thinks it's dinner time. You're being fed, you greedy little git. Speaking of gits, Rich, what's your opinion on the topic? Thank you for that intro, uh, Fox. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, so the first thing that that you said, I would just reiterate, like this is super unusual. Like you would never normally shut a game down while it still has like a very active player base. Like as Thorin said, regardless of how successful or unsuccessful that the esports has been overwatch is one of the most played games in the world like absolutely even now it had like a pretty good and as you said you know look at 1.6 source look at like call of duty you can play like black ops 2 there's been like seven call of duty games since black ops 2 you can still go online and play that fucking game and you know why there are still a few hundred people who play that game 
because they like it. They like the maps. They like whatever the specific nuances were with like the kill streaks or how the movement works, which gets tweaked every time they play the game. Or maybe they didn't like how the aim assist worked or whatever. Like to me, and obviously Thorin, as Thorin said, like it's now free to play. But the thing is, to me, you still owe it to the customers who spent money on a different game. It's like, oh, great. I've got a free pass to play the new game because I spent money on the old game. That's fine. As a premise, that's fine. Not if you deny me access to the old one. No, fuck you. I paid for that. I, I didn't realize I was only paying for a license for like four years or whatever. Like, that is all you paid for, unfortunately. Yeah, all you did is lease it, Rich. You thought you bought the game. You never bought a game that's digital, mate. Not in your life. Yeah. And it's obviously it's the same with like the skins, and yeah. they could even say to you like they could even the have fact... been the dick about yes. that. By the way, props to them for at least transferring. Yeah. If they were, if Bobby Kotick really got his way, I imagine he would have just gone close up. They have to buy the skins again. Brilliant! Like he would probably think that's the shit, wouldn't he? Yeah, like because again, <laughs> as as Thorin suggested, even shit like in-game sales. Like when you don't owe them those, you own the right to use that IP yep. when you buy it. So. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. But at the same time, I do think it is a betrayal against the people who spent money and bought the original game. I think it's fucking bullshit that they don't get to play uh, play the thing that they bought. I don't care. Imagine if, I, by the way, yes, Overwatch 2 seems like it is more or less a reskin. Imagine if it was like a completely different game and they changed loads of shit and it was just a different game. As an Overwatch 1 lover of the game, I just never get to play that game ever again. Like the only reason this isn't outrageous is because presumably it is somewhat similar to the previous version. But I'll remind people as well, when the beta came out and all the, you know, XQC and all the street, like the people who got access to that closed beta, they all said it's kind of the same, but worse. The conclusion was basically it's actually worse than the previous game when the beta was out. So I've bought a game X amount of years ago. I might have a friends group that we, you know, will play the game and we love and this is our favorite map and whatever. And I just never get to play that game again that I paid for. I'm just, I just have to hope. I just have to hope that the new one's good. It's like the idea, like, again, this is not a perfect analogy at all. But imagine, right, that you got to what, I don't know, think of any movie series where the first movie's a banger and then the next two are fucking Matrix. dog shit. Matrix. Oh, Good news. So he's taken down the original Matrix of every streaming site or whatever. Yeah. But you get to watch Matrix Revolution as go. many times as you want. Brilliant. Like, That'd the, be a good one, actually, wouldn't it? Yeah, the, <laughs> Can you imagine? I know. The only reason 